Welcome to the More We Know podcast with your host and social media influencer, Mir. Gen Zs and millennials need information now. That is why Mir is bringing in experts from all around the world. Because the more we know, the more we learn, and the more we earn. Here is your host now. Welcome back, everyone, to the More We Know podcast, where we're giving you mentorship in your pocket from experts all around the world. Today, we have a phenomenal guest by the name of David Meltzer, who's not only a speaker, but an author, an award-winning author, but a business coach who is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Industry, which was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. His life's mission is to empower over 1 billion people, and he's empowering us every day with his phenomenal social media posts and, and very inspirational and motivational. David, thank you so much for being on. Oh, my pleasure. What a perfect place to be in the pocket mentor. So thanks for having me, Nir. Thank you, David. So, you know, the format of this podcast, we, we want to give the mentorship and, you know, your story is all over online. You've been publishing so many articles, but can you walk us through a little bit maybe about your career path, you know, when you started off in our age? Yeah. So, you know, first of all, I think it's important to know that my main objective was to make money. So as a five-year-old, when my dad left and I had a single mom with six kids who worked two jobs and packed my dinner in a paper bag, I said to myself, I just want to be rich. And the reason I wanted to be rich is I just wanted to buy my mom a house and a car. Although I did say when I was five, I wanted to make a million dollars, buy my mom a house, buy my mom a car and retire. Uh, after law school, nine months out of law school, I actually did make my first million and realized I could buy my mom a house, I could buy my mom a car but I was far from retiring, that was for sure. Uh, But that journey when I was little was uh, an advantage because my mom was a stereotypical Jewish mom, right? Doctor, lawyer, failure, fetus isn't fully developed till after graduate school. So a lot of uh, entrepreneurs feel the pressure of their parents that you need to get a real job, that you need to get educated, all these different things. And I fell under that pressure. And so I went from wanting to be Number one, a professional athlete, but that ended early in my college career when I got ran over by Christian Okoye uh, to wanting to be a doctor. uh, You know, I figured it satisfied two birds there. One, to be a doctor, what my mom wanted, but also to be rich. And then when my oldest brother told me doctors had to be in hospitals and to be more interested than interesting, which is still one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned to continue to be interested, not interesting. Uh, I decided I'd go to law school and be an oil and gas litigator because oil and gas litigators made the most money out of law school. In fact, I picked my law school because they were the top maritime law, law school in the world, graduated the most kids into oil and gas. Uh, but lo and behold, entrepreneurship took over. Uh, and I decided when I graduated to keep my options open, one advantage of wanting to make money is you're always looking to make more money. So you're looking at all types of deal flow. And there's this new thing in 1992, it was called the internet. And I got a job selling legal research in this new thing called the internet. Although my mom freaked out on me and told me the internet was a fad and I was gonna lose and waste all my education on the internet, uh, I learned another valuable lesson for the pocket mentorship. And that is just because someone loves you doesn't mean you get good advice, meaning, Find people that sit in the situation you want to be in. The easiest way to get to where you want to be is find someone that's already there and ask them for directions. That's why I do free trainings. That's why I have private groups that I help with. 
And that's why I do one-on-one coaching from the biggest chairman and CEOs in the world to young startup entrepreneurs. I'm the chief chancellor of Junior Achievement University and assist with, you know, elevator pitch, my TV show, two-minute drill. All those things are just to empower other people to make more money, help more people and have more fun. That's amazing, David. It's it's phenomenal to be able to do that because that is your mission of empowering over 1 billion people. And it seems like you're well on your way. I guess the question would be, you know, because a lot of us Gen Z struggle with that. We struggle with our parents telling us you're wasting your time. This is dumb, especially now this generation of entrepreneurship, right? So your mom tells you that. How did you maintain your strong mindset and say, you know what, I'm still going to do this. I feel it's the right thing to do. Well, you know what? Be logical. I, I was uh, mitigating all risks. So I went and understood and talked to my mom and said, why do you want me to be a lawyer? Right? Tell, tell me why it's so important. And she said, because I've never had anything in my life. I want you to live a stable life, a, a fulfilling life. And you'd be such a great lawyer. You'd make tons of money and have such a stable life. And I said, well, why do you want me to be a lawyer? What's the most important thing? And she listed out four things still to this day that I communicate to her every day. One, you want to tell your parents that you're healthy. Remind them every day you're healthy because that's the number one thing a parent wants to hear. Two, that you're happy. And remind them if they're asking you to do something that isn't going to make you happy, uh, that you're happy and you want to remain happy. And there's other things that you can do to be happy. Three, that you love them, right? Don't forget to tell your parents you love them. And then four, most importantly, that you appreciate them meaning you appreciate their opinion, that they add value to your life. You don't have to agree with your parents, but you need to appreciate your parents. I do things for my mom still today out of respect respect and appreciation that I don't believe in. But when there is a non-negotiable, like what I'm going to do for my living, and I had a strong belief that the internet wasn't a fad, but I also mitigated risk. I told my mom in the spirit of understanding and appreciation that, I was going to try this out, but I take the bar. Uh, so I took the bar just in case she was right. If the internet was a fad, I could always go back to being a lawyer if I passed the bar. And I did. And so I think there's a lot of appreciation and compromise that can be had instead of, you know, blame, shame, justification, fighting, resistance, voids, separation, inferiority, superiority, yelling, screaming, and fighting with the people that we love and appreciate the most. I start from a position of understanding and then try to figure out a compromise that allows me to do what I do and mitigate risk in case my parents are right. Yeah, that, that's amazing insight. And, and would you agree that, you know, a healthy relationship with your parents, assuming you, there's unconditional love, is a key to succeeding in your business? I think a healthy relationship with those that are closest to you are the key to being successful because it allows you to be happy, fulfilled and purposeful with what you do whether it's your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, uncles, your siblings, or maybe it's a girlfriend, boyfriend, or your spouse, I think it's critical that those intimate relationships that we have, what I call the people most relative to us, that we share every day, those four things. It's amazing how much less interference, void shortages, and obstacles you'll have in a relationship if you simply convey every day to somebody who loves you, hey, just want to let you know, I'm super healthy, super happy. I love you and appreciate you. You'll be amazed how many times that we don't have to prove that we love and appreciate someone or prove that we're happy and healthy to them. 
Yeah, I think that's really powerful. The audience can appreciate that. That that's amazing advice to have that with your, you know, loved ones overall. Now, in terms of, you know, another thing us Gen Zs are scared about, we look at social media. There's so much going on. We see all these entrepreneurs, they got the jets, the cars, and we we suffer with this syndrome of just, man, we're depressed deep down. I mean, what do you do in that situation? Because you're such an expert in your field. You've been around the game. What do you do as a Gen Z when you're seeing all these people succeeding and you're saying, oh, shoot, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not where I want to be at all yet? Number one, remind yourself that comparison steals all joy. There'll always be someone that's better off than you and always be someone that's worse off than you. So comparison will steal your joy. Two, one of the most difficult things for Gen Z, especially to understand, is to detach your emotions from an outcome. What we want to do is place our emotions, our energy in motion, our emotions on the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of our own potential, not somebody else's potential. And let's also remember that social media portrays things in an unrealistic manner, meaning it's very easy for people to take pictures in front of jets they don't own, houses they don't own, and cars that they don't own. Don't count other people's money. Don't make comparisons to other people. It will steal your joy. And simply enjoy the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit pursuit of your own potential. In other words, don't vote for what other people have or want. Don't vote for what's missing in your life. Don't vote for what you don't want. Vote for what you want. If you vote for what you want, it will come rapidly and accurately. Unfortunately, if you vote for what other people want or you vote for what you don't want or what you're missing in your life, you'll keep getting what you don't want and what you're missing in your life. That that makes total sense. That's awesome to hear. Uh, what about in terms of, so, you know, we're looking at, other than that situation, you know, you've been in a situation, you're obviously a best-selling author, you're a business coach, you have a phenomenal company, but, you know, obviously things weren't always like that. Can, if, can you share with us the story of your bankruptcy? You know, what happened exactly there? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I lived a life, uh, three different worlds. When I was young, like many of you, I lived in a world of not enough. I uh, was broke. My parents were broke. My mom, especially single mom with six kids working two jobs, packing my dinner in a paper bag and a station wagon. But I lived in a world of not enough. And I lived in the world of why me? And I felt like a victim a lot of time. Why can't I have that? Why don't they have that? Why can't I go to summer camp? Why can't do I have to use food stamps or whatever it was? Then when I became a millionaire, uh, I truly believe that money bought me happiness and love. But I lived in a world of just enough. There was always just enough. There was always, I wanted more. I was buying things I didn't need. If I wasn't happy, I'd buy more things or different things I didn't need. I even bought things that I, to impress people. But here's a scary thing. I even bought things to impress people I didn't like. <laughs> That's how much it was for me. And then, you know, through the bankruptcy, uh, losing over $100 million, having to take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become, learning that I could live with gratitude to give me perspective, to find the light, the love, and the lessons, and everything that I did, forgiveness, uh, to forgive myself so I could give forgiveness to others, to live with empathy, accountability, especially. No more blame, shame, justification that lived in those worlds of not enough and just enough. Nothing was going to happen to me or for me, but instead I was going to live in spirit, inspired. Everything was going to live in a world of more than enough through me for others. In other words, I was here to receive as much as I can and give my life away. And so losing everything to me was one of the greatest experiences and journey of my life and gave me the greatest lesson of humility and of abundance. 
And I've lived the last 15 years in a state of humility and abundance, doing my best to empower others, to empower others, to be happy with the definition of happiness being the capability of enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential by making a lot of money, helping a lot of people and having a lot of fun. And would you say that mindset is also what contributed to, because I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, in a world where we get mad, us Gen Z's about losing a follower or not being getting closed on a sales call, you know, you built a remarkable company, lost that money, but the key is you still bounced back and were able to still find a way back. I mean, what was that, what was that transition like? How did you go from losing that to transitioning into that situation where I'm here where I'm at now? You know, getting clarity, balance, and focus on what I want, not being so busy working that I forget to make money and understanding that the easiest way to make money is to buy something that's oversold and sell it when it's overbought or pre-sell something and create a margin for yourself. So those are the two easiest ways to make money. And what I decided to do was to really examine inside of me what I wanted outside of me, examine the capabilities that I have So anyone today, especially with the pandemic, should be taking inventory of not only their capabilities, but the skills that they have, the knowledge of not only what they know, but who they know, and they should be growing and practicing, maintaining and accelerating the desire that they must be what they can be so that they are persistent and consistent in the pursuit of their potential. So I think, you know, having the correct mindset that you can control heart set, which means your feelings that you can control, and understanding what I call the conscious continuum from conscious to subconscious to unconscious, aggregating what you think, say, do, believe, taking into consideration your personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions, all thwarted towards and to what you want in order to be more productive, provide value to others, accessible, being accessible to others, and accessing what you want, receiving, and of course, gracious, finding and creating an ability to find the light, the love, and the lessons and everything. Remember, pain is not a stop sign. Pain's an indicator. It's a turn signal. All it's doing is telling you you have a lesson to learn to get to a better place, a better direction, or a better situation, or even make your situation better. Pain is just a turn signal. It's an indicator that you have a lesson to learn. I love that. Pain is just a turn signal. That's that's a phenomenal one. Thank you for sharing that. Wow, that that's a great quote. On on the on the topic of mindset, would you say us Gen Z should we welcome failure? So it's so interesting how you in Gen Z especially look at failure. For me, uh, I see lessons. Right, I, I'm not a big failure person. Uh, I see things like this. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. If I wasn't, I wouldn't be here. But I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at the right place at the perfect time. Now I'm gonna do everything I can to angle to what I want. Notice I said angle, because I'm trying to go directly to what I want, but I know there's tons of lessons that are gonna move me in a different direction. Other people would call those failures. I call them lessons. Now here's where the trick comes in. You need to have faith. Faith is just like money. Money is a currency. It's an object of energy you put into the flow to get what you want. Faith also is a currency. It's an object of energy that you put into the flow to get what you want. So if you can remember, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at the right place at the perfect time. I'm angling with everything I have to get what I want, but I have faith I'll end up somewhere better. This combination will allow you to see every failure of the past as a lesson for the future, which then allows you to see the light, the love, and the lessons in everything and everyone, which will give you that that positive, 
perspective that gratitude gives you. It'll give you a forgiving nature to be empathetic. It'll allow you to have complete control of your mindset, heart set, and your conscious competencies uh, to be completely in control of that accountability by asking yourself, what did I do to attract this to myself? And what am I supposed to learn from it? And all of this will result in what I call an inspired life in spirit through you in a world of more than enough. David, one thing that I'm noticing about, you know, just chatting with you is the fact that your mindset, the, the whole mindset is amazing. I think that's something that us Gen Z's can learn a lot from you to, to develop that. Could you give us any keys or insights on how you develop this? You know, you're talking about gratitude, empathy, appreciation, and you're looking at failure as one of those things where it's, it's a lesson. It's like a notebook. You're, you're moving forward. I mean, how can we learn to develop that mindset like you? Because it is, I'll be honest, it's very hard for us. It's very hard. Yeah. Well, there's five daily practices. And notice I said the word daily. I believe in a zeroing effect if you don't do things every day. Two minutes a day is worth more than two hours on a Saturday. So if you're finding it difficult doing something, creating a discipline, a strategy, or some sort of habit, remember, two minutes a day is worth more than two hours on a Saturday. So spend the two minutes, lower the bar, and get to where you want to do and be. Here's the five daily practices. Number one, take inventory of your values every day. And don't be afraid of being a hypocrite. In other words, ask myself my what's. What do I want personally? What do I want experientially? What do I want to give today? What do I want to receive today? And then don't be afraid of being a hypocrite, meaning I changed my mind from yesterday. I didn't know what I didn't know, meaning you learned something, you grew, accelerated, exponentially grew. This is all positive. People that tell me that they're stuck, I said, good. That means you're growing. You know, if my foot gets stuck into my shoe, that means my foot has grown. This is a good thing, not a bad thing. So take inventory of your values and don't be afraid of being a hypocrite, number one. Number two, ask. And there's only two series of questions during the day that you should be asking, in person, on the phone, via email and media, radio, print, TV, traditional media, and social media. Ask people how you can be of service or value. But more importantly, Ask for help. Find the people that sit in the situation that you want to be in. Like I said earlier, easiest way to get to where you want to be is find someone that's there and ask them for directions. Ask, ask, ask. The third one changed my life, and it's to be and utilize the mathematical equation of luck, meaning be a student. What you pay attention to and what you give your intention to equals the coincidences in your life. It makes you lucky. So study your calendars, study what you have planned, what you don't have planned, your sleep. Study with the lens of productivity, of how much value you're going to provide, accessibility of how accessible you are to others and how you're accessing what you want, and of course, gratitude with the lens of finding the light, the love, and the lessons. There are no failures. There's only setups, not setbacks. And then fourth, number four, it's one of my favorite. It's a statistic, although... I only, I'm not a big fan of statistics. There's a statistic I used to be a fan of. 99% of all statistics are made up. Uh, That was the only statistic I liked. But this statistic overcame that. 100% of the things you do now get done. So do things now. Ask yourself, can I do it now according to the values, the what's that I set forth? Can I do it now? And if not, Put it into your calendar for some other day and prioritize it. Use Roosevelt's matrix of importance versus urgency in order to prioritize things in your life. 
putting them in your calendar for another day or doing them now. But 100% of the things you do now get done. The difference between successful people and all others is successful people get stuff done. And then finally, most importantly, and you've been maneuvering around this uh, issue of fear in almost all of the questioning that you've had. And so what I want to institute for everyone as a daily practice is practice ending fear. There's two types of fear. There's primal fear, you know, the feed, flight, fight, or the other F word that means procreate. Uh, That is the Freudian primal fears. But there's also secondary fears, the ones that have wasted all this time, emotion, energy, and money in almost everyone's life, including mine. They include, but aren't limited to, the need to be right, the need to be offended, the need to be separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, all of those needs that are resonating in your soul right now going, yeah, I wish I could get rid of those. Well, you're not going to be able to get rid of those, but I'll teach you how to only spend minutes and moments in fear-based consciousness, ego-based consciousness, instead of hours, days, weeks, months, and even years, wasting your life away, allowing everything else to steal your joy. So let's practice ending fear by number one, identify what we're afraid of. Two, just stop. Don't try to fight it, resist it, go over it, under it, oversell it, back and sell it, manipulate it, lie it. Just simply use the key and stop. And then drop to your higher frequency. That's counterintuitive. Drop to your higher frequency, Dave. Yes, drop to neutral. Drop down to neutral or center. When you're at center, you're at your highest frequency because you're allowing the greatest source of light, love, and lessons to come through you. Very little interference, void shortages, and obstacles. So make sure that you drop down to center and then roll in the right direction. The best way to remember this is that when you are in fear, when you're in ego-based consciousness, your mind, your body, your soul are on fire. And everybody knows when you catch on fire, stop, drop, and roll. If you follow these daily practices and with the values that I teach of gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration, I promise you, no matter what generation you belong to, you will be able to make more money, help more people, and have more fun. In other words, be happy. David, that was such gems. I'm going to have to go replay that myself and write all those five down. That was that was phenomenal. Thank you so much for sharing that. Wow, that was one of the best things I've ever heard personally. So thank you for doing things like that for us, David. It's a uh, it's it's such an honor because the follow-up question I was going to ask is in, you know, in a in one statement, what was your commencement speech for us Gen Zs if you were speaking at a university now? But I think that's it right there what you presented. You nailed it. It certainly would be and I would add and finish with be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Life is very simple. David, thank you so much for that. Our generation, we need that. We need people that are the light like you because we are the future, but we need to be mentally tough. We need to have gratitude and we need to learn from mentors like yourself. And it's an honor to have you as a mentor on on the podcast today. Thank you, Mayor. Anything I can ever do. Remember, I do free trainings for everyone on Fridays. Just email me, david at dmeltzer.com. We'd love to have you. I have TV shows, Elevator Pitch, and Two Minute Drill. You could try out $50,000 of cash and prizes. Love to have more Gen Z entrepreneurs trying out for the pitch competition. David at dmeltzer.com. Books, guides, exercise, trainings are all free. David at dmeltzer.com. Thanks once again. And remember, everyone, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Thank you, guys. That is David Meltzer. I will have his social media links and all the links that he just mentioned in the description. Please go check out David. Check out his books. He's phenomenal. This is the man we need to listen to. So thank you, David. It's an honor.
You got it. Talk to you soon, Mir. Thank you. Thank you.